Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Psalm 1 starts out the book of Psalms with a declaration that the righteous person who takes God seriously is blessed or happy, as the original word means. And that person is happy because they follow the right path through life being led by God's Spirit and learning from God's Word the way in which they should live. And the psalm then compares the righteous to the wicked who oppose God and basically oppose everything godly and insist on living their lives the way they see fit. The book of Psalms is actually a collection of five books. Psalms 1 through 41 make up the first book, Psalm 42 through 72, the second, Psalm 73 through 89, the third, Psalms 90 through 106, the fourth, and Psalms 107 to 150, the fifth book. So when I am thirsty for the word, things are just kind of parched and dry. I'm like, man, I need some wisdom, Lord. Psalms is a great place to go and read. It doesn't really matter where you start. If you're sincerely wanting to hear from the Lord or get something from the Word, you can just start at any random psalm and read for a bit, and it won't take long before that parched heart is satisfied with the reality of God and His Word. That's the beauty of psalms. Great place to just camp out and read. So opening up in verse 1, you could say, Happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. The Psalms show what can happen to somebody when their heart is open to being led astray. They first walk in the counsel of the wicked, meaning they are listening intently to those who are wicked and taking in what they said and how they behave, and they're beginning to ponder that and adopt it. And then it says they stand in the way of sinners, or another way of saying that they are in and among sinners. They have went from walking in the counsel of the wicked to now standing in the way of sinners. Once they have taken the counsel of the wicked and walked to that place where they can now stand with sinners, then they sit around with the scornful. They are resting comfortably in a place where those that mock God and everything good sit comfortably. In contrast, the person who resists this and simply stays the course of obedience will not be scornful or condescending. Rather, they'll be blessed or happy. Those who walk in the way of sinners, they end up miserable. Verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Instead of the counsel of the wicked, the righteous person hangs on God's word and meditates on it continually. And this is one thing I wish every believer would get in the habit of doing, reading the scriptures daily. And along with reading them, looking for those things that we can find in the Word on a daily basis that calls us to obedience, that calls us to obey, that confirms things in our lives. And we see that and we're like, wow, this is cool. God's Word is really speaking to me. You may have heard that expression, the Word spoke to me. When you're reading something and you're just like, bingo, that's what I needed to hear. Verse 3, he is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So in the Middle East, there's a lot of desert, and rainfall in many places is not that abundant. However, there are rivers and streams and oceans and other bodies of water that carry water from one place to another. So a tree that is planted by a water source will have the water it needs to grow into maturity and produce fruit at the appropriate time. The heat and the elements will not harm the tree because its roots are attached to the source of its life, and the tree gets all the water it needs to do its job. Take away the water, and it withers up and dies. And the righteous are careful to stay in that place where they are close to their source of life. Verse 4, The wicked are not so, but are like chaff, and the wind drives them away. 
So in Israel, when they would harvest grain, the stalks would be gathered and taken to a threshing floor where they would basically beat the grain out of the stalk. And along with the grain, the beaten stalk would lose a portion of its mass in the form of chaff or the leftover pieces or fragments from the stalk that came out during the threshing. So you'd have a pile of grain and a bunch of powdery fine particles that were not useful for anything. So they would take a large winnowing fork, something like a pitchfork, and they would scoop up all the grain and chaff. They'd throw it up into the air. The wind would blow the chaff away and separate it from the grain because the grain is heavier than the chaff. And it would fall back down to the ground, and then they would gather it up, and the chaff would float off and basically disappear. But there was a separating process because you don't want to eat the chaff. The chaff is not good to eat. Like so, the wicked make themselves offensive to God, not wanting anything to do with serving God, rather serving themselves. And the end of their road, they too will be separated from the righteous awaiting their judgment. Verse 5. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And Jesus illustrates this principle in Matthew 25, distinguishing the righteous from the wicked and showing that the wicked will be separated and suffer judgment. You can read the whole chapter. There's a couple different stories outlining this. We are given the free gift of salvation, which is offered to everyone who would be willing to turn from their wickedness and receive Jesus. And Jesus said he came to give life and that more abundantly in John 10.10. And this doesn't necessarily mean wealth and all that. What it means is a fullness of life and being connected to the source of life. So salvation and the fullness of life that it brings is a free gift to all who would come to Jesus and turn from their wickedness and become his servant. And this is the ultimate gift of all. We're being adopted into the family of God where eternity will be spent serving and worshiping our King. Those that refuse to accept this and continue in their wickedness will be separated and rejected in the final judgment of Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment. They will have their day in court and will be put on trial for all their wickedness. And they'll be cast out from the family of God forever. We don't want that. We want everyone to come to the Lord and be saved. Verse 6, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So the Lord watches over this planet and knows all humanity. This is another reason we can have peace amidst difficult circumstances. The Lord knows what happens on this planet. He knows everything. And there's many verses talking about the eyes of the Lord understanding all things, like Psalm 34:15. the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. Proverbs 5:21. for a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. Proverbs 15, 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. 1 Peter 3, 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And God is love, the Bible says, and in that love he must be a righteous judge because to not give justice to an innocent person who has legitimately been wronged is not love. Therefore God will judge the wicked. The righteous who were formerly wicked, like me, our evil has been paid for on the cross by the sacrifice of Jesus. In eternity, it's going to make a lot more sense. But to the wicked, a stern warning is given throughout the scriptures. And listen to what the Lord says through the psalmist in Psalm 50 regarding those who mock God and delight in wickedness. It says in Psalm 50 verse 16, But to the wicked, God says, What right have you to recite my statutes or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline, and you cast my words behind you. If you see a thief, you're pleased with him, and you keep company with adulterers. You give your mouth free rein for evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. 
These things you have done, and I have been silent, though you thought I was one like yourself. But now I will rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart, and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. The one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. And he leaves it at that. So here's your instructions if you're wicked. Offer thanksgiving that glorifies God and order your conduct aright, and God will take care of you. So the whole idea of righteous versus wicked, we're all wicked. We all fall in that category, every one of us on planet Earth. The difference between the righteous and the wicked is not our behavior. The difference between the righteous and the wicked is the righteous have forgiveness and they honor God. The righteous stay rooted to the source of righteousness. They're like the tree planted next to the water. Our wickedness has been forgiven, but make no mistake, we're all wicked. Without God, there is no concept of righteousness. It's basically whatever we conjure up in our own mind, like our society is doing today. What's right is what I feel, and that's not right. There's a lot of things that are very wrong that people feel are right, and so they determine that these things are right because I feel that way. Not true. Not in the eyes of God. The righteous are the ones who are planted with their roots into the source of righteousness. Thank you.